Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Bow down your heads and let us pray. Father, how delighted are we to be in your house again, to be in your presence, in the company of fellow believers. Thank you, Father, for the benefits we derive from coming into your presence and from staying in your house. Tonight, I pray in the name of Jesus for everyone. I pray that you will touch each and every one of us and that you will bless us through your word today. Give us understanding. Give us a receptive spirit. Cause us to receive knowledge. Cause us to receive insight. Cause us to receive understanding. In Jesus' name. I pray, O God, that you will draw us closer unto you, that the depth of our knowledge of you will greatly increase as a result of what we will learn tonight. I magnify your name. In Jesus' name have I prayed with thanksgiving. Let everybody say amen. Give Jesus a hand clap. Hallelujah. All right. God bless you. You may be seated. Nora, Nora, Nora. How are you? Good to see you. Evelyn, where did you go? Sunday, I didn't see you. She went to do her hair. Hey! That's why she wasn't in church. Father, forgive her for she doesn't know what she does. In Jesus' name. And let Evelyn say a large amen. Wonderful. (laughs) Hallelujah. We bless God. For the past couple of weeks, I've been sharing with us on who Jesus is and what his mission was. Is that not so? All right. And incidentally, this week is the Easter week. And Easter is about Jesus. So I think that it is very much in order and it's very appropriate that we are talking about who Jesus is and what his mission was. It is important for every child of God to have a deep understanding of who Jesus is and what his mission was. I've come to see that those who don't really understand these things, their walk with God is not what it is supposed to be. And such people can easily get confused when they experience certain challenges and certain difficulties in their lives. And I think that if we are serious about God, if we are really committed to serving him well, then we will do what we can to know and understand a lot of things about the God we serve so that our Christian experience will be rich, will be deep, And nothing can shake us in our faith. 
Amen. So who Jesus is and what his mission was. And just to recap, I've said to you that Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the son of God. That is the first thing you need to understand about who he is. He is the son of God. One day, Jesus asked the disciples, Whom do men say I am? And they answered, Some say you are Elijah. Others say you are John the Baptist. Some think that you are Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he asked them that, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter was the one who answered that day. Matthew chapter 16 verse 16. He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That is the answer that Peter gave. And when he gave that answer, Jesus recommended him and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, that this revelation that you have of me as being the Son of God, it came from the Father and it came from above. Hallelujah. So ladies and gentlemen, never have a shadow of doubt in your mind about who Jesus is, that he is actually the Son of God. Then the other thing I explained to you that Jesus is actually God. So not only is he the son of God, he is actually God. Amen. Now, there are some religions, you know, that struggle to accept this. Yes, they acknowledge that Jesus came. They acknowledge that he did a lot of miracles. They acknowledge that he was a great person. But then when it comes to this issue of being God, they have a problem with it. Because they say that there's only one God and somebody is his prophet. But they, they struggle to accept that Jesus is actually the son of God and that he's actually God. Hallelujah. So in explaining who Jesus is, you must get this very clear in your mind and in your heart that Jesus is God. Hallelujah. Then... We've been looking at what his mission was. Actually, his mission, when you understand his mission, you also get to understand even better who he is. Amen? His mission also reveals a lot about who he actually is. And in talking about what his mission was, we've explained that Jesus came into this world for a special purpose. And we've tried to look at some of those purposes. The first one I shared with you is that he came into this world to rescue mankind from Satan's power. To rescue us from Satan's power. Now, because of the sin of Adam and Eve, all of mankind came under Satan's power. Alright? Because of the, 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 the terrible mistake and sin that Adam and Eve committed they subjected all of mankind to Satan's power but God didn't want us to stay there and right from the time that this terrible thing happened in the garden of Eden God set things into motion to rescue us and to deliver us from Satan's power so when you become born again, 
what it is is that you have been rescued from the kingdom of darkness which means you've been rescued from satan's power and you have been transferred or translated into the kingdom of his dear son our lord jesus christ so one of the reasons one aspect of the mission of jesus was to rescue mankind from satan's power lift up your hand and say i have been rescued from satan's power i am no longer under satan's power i have been set free and whom the son has set free is free indeed hallelujah the second thing I touched on concerning the mission of Jesus was that he came to give his life as a ransom to buy us back. He came to give his life as a ransom to buy us back. And I explained that a ransom is the price you pay in order to free or redeem a prisoner, a slave, or a kidnapped person. So usually when people are kidnapped, the kidnappers usually are looking for money. And so they'll find a way to send a message to your relatives to tell them that you must pay such an amount of money and we will release your son or your daughter. We don't have a lot of that in our country, but, you know, in other places... It's something that happens very often. Is that, is that not so? Yeah. It happens very often in other places. Like our, our, one of our neighbors. Like Nigeria. It happens a lot there. Is that not so? That's why you were laughing at the back. <laughs> so that's what a ransom is. A ransom is what you pay to free somebody or to redeem somebody. Now, Jesus Christ used his life to pay for our redemption and for our freedom and for our freedom. He used his life to buy us back because that is what was demanded. It was like a life for a life. You see, if through one man, Adam, all of us, all of the human race entered into bondage and into captivity. It was through one man that we entered into captivity. It makes a lot of sense to say that then through one man we can be released from captivity. Because it is one man who led us into all that trouble. And so it should be possible for another man to bring us out of the trouble. That is why the Bible talks about the first Adam and then talks about the second Adam. Where Jesus is described also as the second Adam. Hallelujah. And what did he do? He used his life to buy us back. Because the devil would not have accepted anything else. It's like a life for a life. A life for a life. But you see what he didn't know was that in calling for the life of Jesus to be taken, he didn't know that it was going to lead to his defeat. It pained him, papa, 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 when he realized that Charlie, I lose God, total. Like this Jesus, like I know for crucify him. 
Like I know for move the people make them crucified because through that crucifixion, he, the devil, and the forces of darkness were disarmed and their power over us was broken. That is why when you become born again and you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are no longer under the power and the control and the influence of the devil. Somebody shout hallelujah. So Jesus came and he gave his life as a ransom to buy us back. Then I've explained to you another assignment part of his mission was to destroy the works of Satan in our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, the devil is very wicked. Very, very wicked. And the Bible describes his agenda. His agenda is to kill you. His agenda is to steal from you. His agenda is to destroy you. That is what the devil wants. And as you listen to me today, I'm telling you clearly what he's trying to do in your life. To kill you. He wants you to die before your time. He wants to destroy you. He wants you to waste your life. He wants you to live a useless life. It makes him very happy when things are not working for you. His intention is to steal from you. To steal your health. To steal your joy. To steal your happiness. To steal your peace of mind. To destroy everything that is dear and precious to you. That is the devil. But God did not want that thing to continue. And so he sent Jesus. So that he would destroy the works of Satan in our lives. And so in your life today. If you realize that there is something going on. And that thing is not a good thing. You must rise up and deal with that thing and speak some words of faith and address every power, every principality, every force of darkness that is trying to mess your life up. Address that power and say, hey, you cannot have your way in my life because Jesus Christ came to destroy your works in my life and he has done that and you have no business messing my life up, messing my marriage up, messing my health up messing my finances up messing my business up messing my children up hallelujah listen there's a need to rise up and grow wild when it comes to the devil because he's a bully the devil is a bully and if you don't learn how to put your foot down and resist him the bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you Don't let anybody make you feel that you are powerless and that you don't have the power and the authority to deal with devils and demons and evil spirits and forces of darkness. There are some pastors and men of God who would like to make you feel that you are powerless. That is a lie from the pit of the devil. If you are born again, If you are a child of God, know that Jesus has given you power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. He's given you power. He says, whatsoever you bind in heaven is bound on earth. And whatsoever you lose in heaven is loosed on earth. Lift up your hand and say, I got the power. Say it again, I got the power. Say it again, I got the power. Hallelujah. So don't accept any nonsense or rubbish that the devil wants to deposit in your life. When you see anything like I say, I don't like. 
I reject it. I don't like it. I don't want my life to be like that. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to drink my life away. I don't want to smoke my life away. I don't want to sleep my life away. Reject anything that is not part of God's agenda for your life. And I'm assuring you that the power of God is at work inside of you. Because the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus. What was Jesus' mission? The next thing was to give us eternal life. It's one of the reasons why Jesus came. To give us eternal life or everlasting life. Number five. The next thing we want to talk about concerning what Jesus' mission was, was that he came to give us a new birth. A new birth into the family of God. He came to ensure that we will have a new birth. He came to give us a new birth into the family of God. He came to ensure that you and I can be born into the family of God. Hallelujah. John chapter 1. John chapter 1, reading from verse 12. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become what? Oh, say it with conviction. To become who? To become children of God. It continues, they are reborn. That means they've been born again. Not with a physical birth. Resulting from human passion or plan. So what this scripture is saying is that. This birth that he's talking about is not the normal birth. Where your father will sleep with your mother. And then will give birth to you. That's not what he's talking about today. He says that this birth that we have received. Is not a physical one. But it's a birth that comes from God. Hallelujah. And so it is describing the born again experience. It's a spiritual experience. It's not a physical birth. When you become born again, you don't go back into your mother's womb to be born afresh into the world. But when you become born again, a miraculous and a supernatural thing occurred in the inside of you. And through that experience, you are now born into the family of God. Because anybody who is born into this world is born into a family. Everybody comes from a family. If you don't come from a family, you are an alien. You don't belong to this world. Everybody who is born into this world is born into a particular family. If you don't know the family, that's, that's a problem. But you have a family. Okay? You have a family. And there are people they don't know their families. It's not a problem. But isn't it exciting that at least there's one family that you can be sure of. Which is the family of God. That when you give your life to Jesus. When you become born again. You have, you have been born into the family of God. And what that means is that you are a child of God. Hallelujah. 
Lift up your right hand and say, I am a child of God. Say it again. I am a child of God. I believe it with all my heart that I am a child of God. And that is who you are. You are a child of God. And it doesn't really matter if if you, you don't feel it. You know, sometimes you look at yourself and maybe you're struggling with certain things and say, oh, am I really a child of God? Yes, you are a child of God. You are a child of God. And the born again experience is real. And Jesus Christ came. Part of his mission, part of his assignment was to ensure that we will be born into the family of God. Born into the family of God. And so you are part of the family of God. So there's a song we sing. I love this family of God. So close we are knitted into one. They've taken me into their arms and I'm so glad to be a part of this great family. Sing it again with me. I love, I love this family of God. So close we are knitted into one. They've taken me into their arms and I'm so glad to be a part of this great family. Hallelujah. So ladies and gentlemen, you belong to the family of God. Even if the earthly family from which you come is not a Beye family, at least you can console yourself that I'm part of the family of God. Jesus Christ is my big brother. Hey, and I have a great inheritance awaiting me. Life will not be like this forever. I said your life will not be like this forever. So, so hustle. So, so struggle. So, so confusion. So, so wahala. So, so pa-pa-pa. It won't be like this forever. And I prophesy concerning your life that your life will be better than how it is currently. And you would enjoy that good life not only when you get to heaven but right here on earth. May you enjoy a good life and may God transform your life into a blessed life, into a fulfilled life, into a life full of abundance, full of good things, full of blessings. Shall I receive it? And listen, believe it. Believe these things that I tell you. I'm not just saying something bikeke. I'm saying what I believe, what I'm convinced about based on what the word of God teaches me. Don't just focus on yourself and your struggles, your your current state situation. Don't just look at that. Always look forward to a better life. And that is the heritage and the destiny that God has prepared for you. Hallelujah. And every day of your life, remind yourself that I'm part of the family of God. 
I'm a child of God. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. Hallelujah. Number six. The sixth thing we want to say concerning the mission of Jesus. His assignment is that Jesus came to restore our fellowship with God the Father. To restore our fellowship with God the Father. Jesus came to restore our fellowship with God the Father. First John chapter 1 and verse number 3. First John chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. Now, this is the Apostle John speaking. Then look at the next thing he says. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, one of the reasons why Jesus came was so that a certain fellowship, a certain connection that God intended us to have from creation will be restored. Now, at the very beginning, when God created man, God used to visit man in the Garden of Eden, which was the home where God placed the first man and the first woman. And he used to visit them there in the cool of the evening. Now the Bible doesn't say much about what used to transpire. But I can imagine that when God visited, he will be talking to Adam and Eve. They will be asking him questions. They may even be, 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 be joking and laughing. Maybe Adam will put his head on the, on the breast of the, of, the, of the father. And, 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 and Eve will be lying in his lap. I'm just trying to picture what it was like. But it must have been a beautiful thing. And from the beginning, that is how God intended it. That mankind will never be disconnected from him. That was not God's plan. But through the sin of Adam and Eve, that connection and that fellowship was broken. And the problem now was that sin had appeared in the picture. And God is holy. He cannot have anything to do with unholy or sinful or unrighteous people. So through the sin of Adam and Eve, that fellowship, that communion, that link, that union, that communication that used to exist between God and mankind was broken. But God wanted that thing fixed. He wanted that fellowship restored. And that is one of the reasons why Jesus came. 
so that we could have a restoration of that fellowship that the father always intended that man will have with him from the very beginning hallelujah i said hallelujah and it is possible to have a certain kind of fellowship with the father you have the fellowship with the father by praying when you pray and you you connect well and you pray well what what happens then is that you are having fellowship with the father when you worship god and you worship him in spirit and in truth you are having fellowship with the father hallelujah and god has given us the holy spirit so that that fellowship can be deepened amen so jesus came to restore our fellowship with god the father number seven we are making progress I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I hear falling on my ear The Son of God Discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share. As we tarry there, none other has ever known. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Now this is a song that somebody composed trying to describe the beauty of fellowship with the Father. Perhaps the composer of this song takes a cue from what probably happened in the garden of Eden where God will walk with them and God will talk to them Adam and Eve and he will tell them that they are his that for his pleasure he made them and and the songwriter is trying to describe the joy of that whole experience of fellowshipping with the father and communing with him Ladies and gentlemen, we can have that same experience with the Father. And always ask when you pray that Holy Spirit, draw me into deep communion and union with the Father. Hallelujah. The next thing we want to touch on regarding the mission of Jesus is that Jesus came to show us what God is like. 
Jesus came to show us what God is like. Hallelujah. John chapter 1 verse 18. He came to show us what God is like. John 1.18 says, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son is himself God and is near to the Father's heart. Then look at what he says after that. He has revealed God to us. That is one of Jesus' assignments, to reveal the Father to us. And uh, John, the gospel according to St. John, you'll find out that in that particular book, you, 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 you realize that Jesus speaks a lot about the Father. He talks about my Father. He talks about our Father. And what is he doing by talking about the Father? He was, try, he, he was trying to reveal the Father to us. Because it was part of his assignment to reveal the Father unto us. John chapter 14 verse 7 to 11. Excuse me. John 14, 7 to 11. If you had really known me, this is Jesus speaking, you would know who my father is. Because Jesus came to reveal the father to us. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own. But my father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the father and the father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Hallelujah. What was Jesus explaining to Philip? That once you have seen me and you have encountered me. And you have experienced me. You have experienced the father. You have seen the father. You have related with the father. And so the coming of Jesus. Into this world. Was so that he could reveal the father to us. Through himself. So once you have encountered Jesus. You have encountered the father. And he came to show us how the father is. Or what the father is like. Hallelujah. Now, this is important. Because you see. In relating with a great person. Or a powerful person. It is important to know how the person is like. When you are dealing with a great person. That is why 
you know, when you go maybe to a chief's palace, there are certain protocols that you must follow. And you must know these things. Otherwise, you will run into a problem. So, in some places, you cannot go with your sandals. Is it true? Yeah. Another thing you can't do is you cannot cross your legs. What else can't you do? If you go in a cloth, you can't have it thrown over your shoulders. You have to drop it. How does mommy know these things? Because she's a princess. Her father was a chief. Do you see? So I married a princess. She hasn't yet given me any gold. You are laughing at me. Because as a princess, you should have a lot of gold things that I'll sell. And have a lot of money. You see, okay, the gold that you had, you sold to marry me. Is that not so? Oh. So when you are relating with a great person, you need to know certain things. You need to know how the person is like. You know, I've had some people get close to me. And along the line, they have confessed that before they got close, they had a certain misconception about how I was like. I've had quite a number of people confess this to me. Some have told me that before they got close, they saw me as a very serious person and friendly. I look very stern. I look like a Mr. No-Nonsense kind of person. And there are some people who have confessed that it was a problem for them to get close. But eventually, when they did, then they, be, they realized that I was not like what they thought I was. And that I was actually a friendly person that you can relate with that you can relax with and you will not have to be walking on eggshells when you are relating with the person when you don't know somebody well it becomes a problem relating with the person how many can understand what I'm explaining to you yeah and Jesus Christ came to reveal the father to us so that we will relate well with the father. So that we will know what the father is like. Because that will help us in our fellowship. And in our relationship with him. There are all kinds of misconceptions that people have about God. Some see God like a wicked old man. Who is looking for you to make a mistake. Then he will whack you with his walking stick. Who told you that God has a walking stick? What does God need a walking stick for? Where do we get these ideas from? But people have all kinds of misconceptions. 
wrong notions about God. Some see God as a, 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 a God who, if you make the slightest mistake, will kill you. That God is a killer. Something that God doesn't want them to be happy. Something that God doesn't want them to prosper. To have anything nice in this world. Some have equated true Christianity and religion to being poor. And not having a lot of things. So there are some priests who swear an oath of poverty as they become priests. Saying that I won't have anything. <laughs> there are some people who feel that in the sight of God, having money, having wealth, having nice things in this life is, a, is wrong, it's a sin. And all these things come about because we don't really know what the Father is like. But Jesus came to reveal the Father to us and to show us what the Father is like. So for example, he taught us that God is love. He's love. He showed us God's love. First John chapter 4 verse 9 to 10. Jesus showed us God's love and he showed us that God is love. First John chapter 4 verse 9 to 10. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. One of the things that Jesus showed us in revealing the father to us was he showed us love. He showed us the father's love. He showed us how much God loves us. And it was a revelation of the father. God loves you. I said God loves you. God is love. And God loves you. Get that into your spirit. That God actually loves you. He's not out to hurt you. He's not out to harm you. He's not out to destroy you. Because he loves you. And through the coming of Jesus, we got this revelation. Make sure that the other microphones are off, eh? just in case. We get a revelation that God loves us. Another thing that Jesus showed us, he showed us God's power. He showed us God's power. So he revealed God to us. He showed us God's love. He showed us God's power. How? Anytime Jesus healed the sick, he was showing us God's power. Matthew chapter 4 verse 24. Matthew 4 24. News spread. News about him spread as far as Syria. 
And people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. So that thing that Jesus did was to show us the Father and to show us the power. To show us God's power. And he did that by healing the sick. Another way he showed us God's power was by casting out evil spirits. Mark chapter 1 verse 34. He showed us a lot about the Father, about God, what he is like. And by casting out evil spirits, he showed us the power of God. Mark chapter 1 verse 34. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases. And he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. And so you see that in the ministry of Jesus, he cast out a lot of demons. And he delivered many people who were oppressed by demons and by evil spirits. Why did he do that? It was part of his assignment. He did that to show us the power of the father. To show us the power of the God whom we are going to surrender our lives to. That he has power to break the bondage and the captivity of the devil upon our lives. Hallelujah. How else did he show us the power of God? By controlling nature. By controlling nature. Mark chapter 4 verse 37 to 41. Mark chapter 4 verse 37 to 41. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Just an hour that, and Jesus used to sleep even though he was God. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence! Be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped. And there was a great calm. That's why we sing the song. Onipa benina okasa man from ma ayedi Now that is demonstration of power he controlled nature He spoke to the wind he spoke to the waves and he silenced them and that thing revealed the father to us revealed the power of God to us what else did he do to reveal the power of God? He raised the dead. All these things were things he did to reveal the Father to us. To reveal the power of God to us. He raised the dead. John chapter 11 verse 43 to 44. John eleven forty-three to 44. This is the story about the resurrection of Lazarus. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and feet bound in grave clothes. 
his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Hallelujah. He showed us that he has power over death. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He raised the widow of Nain's son from the dead. And he did these things to show us the power of God. And it was one of his assignments. He came so that he would reveal the, who, what the father is like to us. And one of the ways he did that was by the power that he demonstrated. It showed us that God is powerful and God is all powerful. Hallelujah. Listen to me. It saddens me when I see how Christians talk so much about the power of the devil and the bad things that the devil is doing. You hear a lot of people talking about that. Talking about the devil this, devil this, devil this, and all of that. And I ask myself, that why do we do that? Because the impression we create when we do that is that the devil is so powerful and the God we serve is not able to protect us and to keep us from the operations and the activities of the devil against our lives. So we talk a lot about what the devil is doing. And it's as though he is the all-powerful one and God is the all-pitiful one. And it's a mistake. It is a mistake. Why are we so much afraid of the devil, of demons and evil spirits? It is because we do not understand that the God that we've given our lives to and surrendered our lives to, he is the all-powerful one and is able to save us to the uttermost who come to him. We fail to realize that God is protecting us. Anytime you move, there are angels with you. The devil cannot just mess you up at will. Unless you allow him. Unless you give him place. That's why the Bible says, neither give place to the devil. The devil has as much power over your life as you give him space. If you allow him, he will mess you up. But if you don't allow him, he has no power over you. I'm telling you something. And let that sink into your spirit as well. You are not an ordinary person as you sit here. Yes, Evelyn, you are small. You are a tiny girl. But you are not an ordinary person. You are not. Because God has you in his hands. And is watching out for you. And is looking after you. And is jealous concerning you. He will not sit back and allow the devil to mess your life up. Sometimes people have dreams and then they are so afraid. 
bad dreams and they are so afraid. But when you have a bad dream and you wake up from that dream, lift up a prayer to go and say, thank you father that you revealed to redeem. Whatever bad thing that I've seen in this dream, I cancel it in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your protection. I thank you for your preservation. I thank you for your deliverance in Jesus name. Amen. And then move on with your life. Don't keep looking over your shoulders. That something bad is about to happen to you. Always believe that God's power to keep you and protect you is far, 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 far superior to the devil's power to harm you and to hurt you. Hallelujah. So Jesus came to show us the Father and to reveal things about the Father to us and to show us what the Father is like. And one of the things he did, he showed us how the Father is like by showing us the love of God. Let us see that God actually loves us. And he commended that love to us by sending Jesus to die for us. He revealed the Father unto us. Showed us that the God is powerful. That God is powerful. And we see it through the miracles that Jesus performed. All those things that he did was to reveal the Father to us. Was to reveal God to us. To show us what God is like. That God is all powerful. I want to say to you that there is no problem too big that God cannot solve for you. There is no mountain too tall that God cannot move out of your way. There is no sorrow too deep that God cannot soothe away. There is no storm too dark that God cannot calm. So understand this about the God you serve. Understand that your back is covered. Understand that God is for you. And if God be for you, no one can be against you. That is why Jesus came with that special name, Emmanuel. To show us that God is with us. That God is with us. Emmanuel, that's your name. God is with you. And I'm happy to tell you that he's not only with you, he's also with me, even though I am not called Emmanuel. So you don't have any monopoly over God at all. Thank God that you are called Emmanuel. Just as God is with you, God is with me. Hallelujah. Rise to your feet and let us close. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. And thank you, Jesus, for every assignment that you came to carry out when you came down to our level into the world that you created. My prayer, Father, for all of us, those here today physically, those who are watching online, is that may your Holy Spirit give us deeper understanding, more revelations about who Jesus is and about his mission and his assignment. Because that knowledge and that understanding will empower us to live victorious Christian lives. It will help us to walk confidently through this life knowing that the power of God 
is on our side. That God is looking out for us and is backing us every step of the way. I pray for everyone. If there is anything that anybody doesn't understand, may your spirit help the person to understand it. And may it deepen our relationship with you. In Jesus' mighty name. And let everybody say, Amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.